Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Swizzy, coming to you with another State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 101. My guy, Mr. Mitchell, is in the building. What's up, bro? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing real good, mate. Doing good. How about yourself over that way? Um, I'm, a, I'm feeling good, man. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. We finally got the coach. So I'm, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Let's I, let's get right into it, man. Um, I think the people already heard, you know, my little say so about Tibbs. I get, I guess they need to hear your say so, yeah, because they they heard me speak a little bit about him, but I didn't get into deep detail. But you could go ahead. Yeah, well, um, it, we 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 had a feeling this was on the cards. Um, Yep. Uh, and, and Tom, Tom Thibodeau, uh, oh, he's he's at one of the top line coaches, as we all know. Um, yeah, didn't didn't really um, have the best of times, obviously, up in Minnesota. But he, um, I, I, I sort of skip over that and I go back to his uh, Bulls days and also days before that, where he was assistant with the Celtics. Um, he was um, assistant, I'm pretty sure, or um, somewhere along the line, he was in New York at one stage back in the day too. So. He knows New York. Um, he knows what what it's all about, and um, I'm I'm excited to for him to bring in his staff um, and his strategies. We yep. know uh, he's been on the defense, um, and and that's been a a big problem for us. So I'm glad we've got a a defensive minded coach in that sense. Uh, so I, I expect um, yeah I expect some big changes to uh, our playing style a bit. I, I think he's going to bring his own uh, style and flair. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I, I think it's a best hire out of um, the names that were we were mentioned and been circling. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I guess now we have to wait and see and who, he, who he puts together as his team. And, uh, and one, once he puts his team together, um, how, how they'll go about, you know, what, what, what the – they're going to do when they look at the roster and who that who they want to focus in on a bit, and uh, obviously if there's anybody that they want to bring in that they think is going to help some of the young guys as well. Um, I know people that there might be some Knicks fans out there that might have a little bit of skepticism with him. Um, as I said, like there's been issues with with think people in the past and that, but I just think that whole. Minnesota thing, it wasn't entirely on him. Um, you know, he had two young kids there that at the time were sort of, I guess, not pulling their weight. Um, and, and and the guy he brings in, which was his guy in Chicago, Jimmy Butler, <laughs> called him out on it several times. And, um, you know, he, he copped a little bit because they, they thought he was favouring Butler. But, yeah, no, he... he um, Looks like he's going to have a good time here and be given sort of the reign to sort of uh, mould this team in, in, in the way he wants to mould it. So, Coach Thibodeau, in eight seasons as a head coach of the Bulls and the Timberwolves, he had a 352 to 246 record, basically a 59% record and including six playoff appearances in eight years. So you like we gotta win it, coach. 
when you come from Jeff Horner trash, when you come from Fizz garbage, it, it it's is it Kurt Rambis, Derek Fisher. Um, can, should I keep going? Um, this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. talk and, and see, I predicted on Twitter that Thibodeau would be hired on Friday, and you know, I it's a guy that comes to my job or whatever, and I basically say on Monday that Tibbs would be hired on Friday. So Friday yeah. comes. Jason Kidd is the front runner. I, I hit you up and I say, yo, I mean, I'm okay with Kidd, but I want Tibbs, though. Saturday comes out. Tibbs gets the job. He gets five years. Off rip, five years tell me that Leon Rose contract is also five years. And it also tells me that he's going to be here at least three years. So that's the first positive. The second positive. Tibbs on the kids. You have guys like Mitchell Robinson and Frank Nilakina. You know the foundation of the defense. And I was listening to – I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about Tom Thibodeau because I want to fall in love with the coach. So I'm listening to a podcast with B.J. Armstrong and Tom Thibodeau was featured on there. Tom Thibodeau was talking about how – how to adapt, how he been through. He, he's been watching various coaches throughout the years. Throughout these past two years, he hasn't been coaching. So he's been learning. Um, he, he was talking about minutes. So, you know, that's one of the main concerns. But all in all, I'm extremely happy about Tom Thibodeau, um, who first got into the NBA – in 19 – well, first he started in 1981. Upon his collegiate career, he took his first assistant assistant coach job at Salem State. And then, you know, he became an assistant coach for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then, you know, Fisdale was – in. He's also inducted into the New Britain Sports Hall of Fame in 1998. Well, that's yeah. a great accomplishment. Um, I'll, I'll go. Fizdale, I'll go, to... go ahead. I mean, I'll say Fisdale, tip it off. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, here's another interesting tidbit that I'll, I'll control you. Um, so, obviously, without question, he's the highest pedigreed coach that we interviewed in the whole extensive search process. Um, yep. Just in case people forget, he was the 2011 NBA Coach of the Year with a sports winning percentage, like you mentioned before, 58.9, which makes him one of just 12 coaches all time to have that high of a success rate and over 350 wins. So, like you said, the man knows how to win. And, and the thing is, for as much attention as his detractors over the years have received, the list of former players who swear by his methods is extensive. Yes, I agree. One of them, one of them in trade rumors that we definitely going to talk about is Zach Levine. Um, Andrew Wiggins spoke highly of him. Um, he, he, various players. When you listen to uh, Nick um, Nick Fan TV. You know, you listen to Rasheed Wallace, you you listen to Raymond Fell, you listen to these various guys, and they talk about ex-coaches. 
everybody talks highly of Tibbs, man. Everybody. Yeah. But the thing with Tibbs that scares people, and you got guys like David West, who's on Twitter, who's destroying the hire for the New York Knicks. Young guys run. <laughs> that was one of his tweets. So it's like Tibbs has to learn how to change his ways. Yeah. And he has to learn but he has to change his I'll I'll give you a little tip that I have got here while you while you're on that too, bro. Um he, he this is uh, straight from Thibodeau's mouth. Now he, he that that's been a lot of the the questioning when it comes to Tibbs are, oh, you know, because you go back to Derek Rose and that and like um Thibodeau Himself, he had a chance to uh, earlier this year to speak about his philosophy on minutes and limits and the concept of overextending a team's best player. This is what his thoughts were on the matter. He said, uh, Thibodeau said, most teams are going to play their best players the most minutes. If you went back even five years ago, you had your wings uh, were all playing 38 minutes a game, whether it was LeBron or Durant or Harden or Jimmy Butler. They all played around the 38-minute mark. Now, the number has gone down. The big thing was you didn't want your opponent to have their best player because oftentimes they're matched up positionally. So you wouldn't want to have your backup going against LeBron for five minutes because in five minutes that could be a 15-point swing. You're trying to win the game. That number has come down now significantly. You still have guys that are playing big minutes, but the question, and it's a good one and it's a hard one, is rest versus rust. A lot of teams now will rest guys about a month before the playoffs come to make sure they're completely healthy and then start building up their minutes so they have rhythm going in versus giving them the rest at the end of the season so they try to get going and they can't find their rhythm. That's always been an age-old question because you're collecting so much more data, I think you have to use it. So that that's his thoughts on his philosophy and the whole minutes thing, which... Uh, that was quite clear to me, yeah, with what he what he sees. So, when you're talking about Thibodeau, right? Let's let's dig a little deeper inside of his Chicago offenses. You know, point. I'm I'm looking right at it. 2010-2011 season points per game, 20th in the league, three point percentage, 13th in the league, point differential, second in the league. So it was the defense. That was carrying Tibbs. You go to 2011-2012, points per game, 18th in the league, three-point percentage, third in the league, point differential, first in the league. Now you go to 2012-2013, here's when you see the dip. Points per game, 30th in the league, three-point percentage, 21st in the league, point differential, 14th in the league. Then you go to 2013-2014, and it's 30th. 24th and 13th in the league. So, as the years went by, you're noticing how he's being stubborn, not trying to change his offense. As you can see, a great defense can carry you through the regular season, but a great defense can't carry you through the postseason. Today's a new NBA. So, he goes to the Timberwolves. Now, when you talk about him going to the Timberwolves, Let's let's place it in context, right? Did he have a good roster, bro? Let's be honest. Not really. No. But his first season when he was with the Timberwolves, Thibodeau's offensive rating was top 10 first season, and many posted a franchise record, 110.8 offensive rating, 
fourth best in the NBA in his second season, 2017-2018. So, like, he improved the Timberwolves. First playoff berth in about 14 years. He improved them. But you look at their defensive efficiency in the final two seasons in Minnesota, Minnesota cumulatively, excuse me, ranked 27th in defense, defensive efficiency. So it's like you got a great defense in Chicago, but you don't have a great offense. You go to the Minnesota Timberwolves, you got a great offense, but you don't got a great defense. Mm. So what is the excuses here? It, 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 did he modernize his offense? Was it because he had a great generational offensive talent in Cat, and he kind of had Wiggins, who both got better under Thibodeau? Um, like, what was it, bro? Like, what, just was he not adapting? Was he playing? I know he was playing his players too much, and I think I will never forgive him for the Derrick Rose injury. I think that's one thing that I will not forgive him for. But what do you think happened? Like, what what went wrong with Thibodeau? Yeah, well, um, as I said, in Minnesota, um, as you as you, as you pointed out, like the shift from uh, being more defensive in Chicago to more offense, I, I think it's as if that his sole focus instead of sort of splitting it went to because he he obviously I, I have this feeling he was he was listening to all the outside noise a little bit and and like oh you know Tibbs is always different different you know like you said that and he didn't have the greatest offense when it came to with the Bulls and that but yeah I, I don't know if it was him just listening to noise and that but as for the whole as I said with the whole Minnesota fiasco um yeah I, I just think there was things against him um he also had a roster outside of a you know, a handful that I can probably name like Jimmy Butler and because he had Taj there as well. Um, that they, they, they were just, I think they thought, well, we're superstars, we can sort of cruise. And I think, as we all know, it caused problems, not just between Cat and Wiggins and Thibodeau, but Cat and Wiggins and Jimmy Butler, because Jimmy Butler called them out for them being sort of lazy and, and not sort of, oh. you know, not doing their jobs at one end, they would only play one way. And, um, you know, you look at Carl Anthony Towns, he should really be a beast on defense, um, just his pure yeah. size and everything. Um, and and obviously a lot more people expected Wiggins to to obviously be something that he, he didn't end up turning into. But, yeah, I just think it was like one of those things, it was one thing after the next and, and nothing sort of went right. And, well, we all know Tibbs' stubbornness. Um, it has been his terrible yep. in pasts. Um, you know, you, the, with, with Derek Rose, it, the blame's on him and Derek Rose. I, I think you've even said that before because Derek, for quite a while there, wasn't landing after his dunks the correct way, I guess you could say. Um, so that, that... That is a fact. Yeah, that wouldn't have helped either. Um, added on top of Thibodeau, you know, really playing him out. But then if you go back, I mean... Just because of the type of player, Derek, right? And, and like I was just mentioning before, like uh, Thibodeau was stating, you know, most teams uh, uh, will play their best player the most minutes, of course. Um, so I, I think – I'm kind of hoping anyway, after all this time, after his two stints you know, with Chicago and that, he's picked up and learned 
something and not to be so stubborn, you know. And uh, I, I think he might have had because, you know, being out of the game for two years and sort of until recently no one was sort of looking at him, it might have been a bit of a wake-up call like, okay, well, you know, I've got to adjust and I've got to just adjust my ways to the way the game's going. And I, I just for a think for a long time he wasn't willing to to bend, if you know what I mean. He wasn't willing to bend from his own strategies. And, and um, yeah, I, I think now it, uh, if he can show off, hey, I'm not as stubborn as what I used to be. I'm, I'm open to hear of things if, if you know, what, what I'm, how I'm coaching is not going right and stuff like that. So if, if he's more open like that and, like you said, he sat back the last two years and seen what other coaches, whoever he's been, you know, looking at, um, and taking things away from them, you, you would hope in that in the, that two these last two years, um, it's changed his philosophy to a degree. Because I don't want him to change his whole philosophy. Because, like you said, um, a lot of players love his style and, and know that it works. Um, and like I said, if you go back to his Chicago days, he was always mainly having them in the playoffs. So, um, and, and as you mentioned, like it wasn't the best time in Minnesota, but he did make them better to to a degree. So there was positives there and you could see the positives out of it. It's just, I think other things kind of went against him and, um, you know, then Jimmy Butler wanted out and then all that sort of blow up. So I just think none of that sort of helped him in that regard. And hopefully he'll have a, a much better time here where he's not going to have, you know, uh, two players on the team fighting over who's better than who type of thing. And, uh, people pull their weight, which, which I think he will. I thought, you know, we know, put it this way, I, I haven't seen Mitchell Robinson, put it this way, when he's on that court, be lazy. Um, you know, he, he's probably the furthest thing from it. The, the only thing we need with Mitch is when it comes to offense, um, bring bring what you're doing in practice, brother, to the, to the, to the game. <laughs> Shoot the damn ball. Oh, my God. I'm tired with the, the goddamn dribble handoffs. I'm sick of it. I'm mm. really sick of it. Want to see, like, like Tit, I, I was listening to Thibodeau how the big man spaces the floor and how they got to shoot the ball on BJ Armstrong podcast. I need Mitch to shoot the goddamn ball. I, I mean, I love the record breaking see record breaking season he had, Milk, Milk Chamberlain and whatnot. But man, it. it a modern NBA, that man needs to shoot the ball, man. Period. Yeah. yeah. But Thibodeau, Thibodeau do run triangle offense 25% of the time. So I expect for Mitchell Robinson to get post-up touches, and I expect for R.J. Barrett to get post-up touches. So I'm not really, you know, going to complain about Mitchell Robinson scoring the ball next season. I'm pretty sure Thibodeau is going to give him free reigns. Um, the only guy that, you know, I'm listening to everybody's podcast, everybody's talking about it, DSJ, Kevin Knox. Like, honestly, if you're a Knicks fan, you should be worried about those two as well. I mean, yeah, DSJ was a guy that we traded Chris Porzingis for, sadly, and I'm still emotional about that Chris Porzingis trade. But um, we traded Chris Ashbozingas for this kid. We had high hopes for him. 
you know, Scott Perry did his best to try to bury Frank Milliken in the in, in the rotation, but I'm not going I'm not going to spew my 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 emotions right now on the pod. Um, DSJ has been borderline, excuse my language, but he's been playing like ass all season. His defense is ass. His offense, he cannot shoot. It is broken. I, I believe he he's tried to shoot more than two hundred plus field goals this season, and he's made under twenty. Like it is just downright bad. His season has been. Then you go to Kevin Knox. And you go from a guy who's averaging 13 points damn near, 125 threes, 19 years old, 26 and 15, um, 31 points career high. And he gets less minutes in the second year in the organization. He 20 games under 500. The, I, I remember this podcast. You recorded right after this game because I was, I, I was so upset. And I'm watching Reggie Bullock. And Mo Harkless and Wayne Ellington on the court. And Kevin Knox had less minutes after All-Star break after Mook was traded. So management dis- did him a disservice. And yeah. it's like we have to do better when it comes to developing these guys, man. And I'm just hoping that Thibodeau can unlock Frank Nellikina, Mitchell Robinson. And Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, he's spoken for. Um, Barrett is going to be an all-star. I don't know about a superstar in the Thibodeau, but I know he's going to be an all-star. So, it's a, it, it, those other guys is the guys I'm worried about. How you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a bit worried with when it pertains to Frank and, and, and Knox. Um, obviously... Um, well, with Knox, he's, he's got a lot to prove, I suppose, and show to his new coach. Um, but, you know, I always say with Knox, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not at that stage of willing to give up on him. He's still a kid. Um, and, and I knew it was going to be a long game with him um, just because of, as I said, the constant comments from his, uh, from Calipari. Um, so I, I knew there was going to be a bit longer game with him. Than, than it was with other rookies. He had a little bit to go in that. Um, I hope Tibbs can unlock something, build his confidence up to start with, and um, then should it go with from there with him. Because um, like I said, when it, with, with Knox, I always still think it's a confidence thing too. Um, if his confidence is high, then, you know, he seems to, to, seems to shine, um, like any young guy really. But, yeah, the minute his confidence was shot and he went sort of, into himself, like down into himself. Um, yeah, you could see it. And um, I just want to see him come out and have a breakout season with Tibbs, under Tibbs, and and prove everyone wrong and um, all the doubters wrong. As for Frank, um, I think Tibbs... Yeah, might... why are you worried about Frank? I'm not worried Frank about Frank. Be, I'm just... I'm just to be the, the, the one clapping right now. What? Tibbs with Frank Milikina? After them defensive numbers I seen today, man, yeah. Tibbs don't have a field day with Frank. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The only the only thing I I worry about is, you know, if if he's you know sort of trying to balance out or, or try a new philosophy or you know change up his philosophy, not be so strict with it like he has been in the past and all that. Um, you know, if Frank 
sort of doesn't – I only get worried if Frank doesn't show just even a little bit of improvement in on offense, if that's sort of going to go against him with Tibbs. I, I don't I don't know. We're obviously going to have to wait and see. Defensively, Tibbs, like you said, Tibbs is going to love him. Tibbs is absolutely going to love him because he can play him in three positions and have him defend three different positions. Um, and, and as for DSJ, uh, <laughs> he's, he's got to go. He, he just, he, he, him and Peyton have got to go. I look back now and on that trade and, and uh, it, to a degree, it hurts, bro. It don't hurt. Yeah. It, yo, yo, let, hold can we talk about the KP trade just real quick? I, I, I really don't like talking about it. But I, I really want to bring this up because I, I'm hurt. Yeah. I'm hurt. And to any Nick fans who who's listening to this podcast right now, I'm sorry, but I'm hurt. Because DSJ was so bad this season. Yeah. That the thought of Mitchell Robinson with Chris Stapps with R.J. Barrett is just so seamless. It, 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 it is a seamless fit. I don't – Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, when with it too, I don't know where things broke down or anything because, you know, it, it sort of was a little bit blindsiding. Phil Jackson, man. If Phil I, Jackson, man. Yeah. Once Phil Jackson said he was going to trade him, it was quiet. We should have just traded him. Yeah. Once Phil Jackson said he was going to trade, we should have just traded him. He would, and, and Phil, aka the Zen Master, wanted to trade him for Devin Booker and Larry Marketing. And you look back on that trade and you'd be like, God damn, I wish we took that trade. But yeah, it, yeah. That, 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 at least we'd be sitting here and looking back and go, okay, well, that was a good trade because these two guys have worked out. But the trade that they ended up making in the end. Um, I mean, draft picks is one thing, and that's pretty much what the trade was made for because the 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 kid that came along with it that was supposed to be a saving grace to a degree just has not lived up to anything. Um, if anything, he, he <laughs> left. If, if anything, he left Dallas, and he got worse. Oof. Yeah, he got worse. Um, I have this feeling, DSJ, if if he stays in the league, he might need to be. Uh, somewhere that's out of the spotlight and everything to to shine or anything, um, or I, I don't know because he just he, his form and everything just looks so I don't it know looks be, so bad yeah beyond oh God, be, I, I'm nearly I'm nearly I'm nearly about to say like beyond repair like it doesn't look like it can be fixed um, and it it's really sad because. You know, coming in, he, he did have a, a lot of potential. They talked him up in the draft and that. But, you know, he's um, he's another one like Derek Rose. He he lands quite awkwardly with his dunks as well. Um, he's never really improved his shot at all. If anything, that got worse because um, I actually thought he was showing some sort of improvement when he was at Dallas. That was prior to Luca coming there. Um, but mind you, that... He was he was the man. They were running the offense through him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know with DSJ, but I, I just know he needs to he needs to leave New York. Oh, I think his time in New York's up, and it, it, yeah, I don't I don't see him improving here. So I have a feeling he he may be um, included in a trade if they find find a trade that they want. Um, now you're talking about trades. Yeah, just don't, just don't okay. trade Knox. Just don't trade Knox. <laughs> Please don't. Yo, 
it, it is crazy because it's it, it's not the fact that what let, let's be honest Knox was ass last season yeah we 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 gonna be honest here we Knox was bad last season okay Nick fans he was bad last season all right but he was second on the team in blocks second on the team in block percentage you know. Management did them no favors. They buried them behind Bobby Boris. They buried them behind Marco Boris. Let's see what we got in our draft pick. That that's all I'm saying. Can I can I add one what? positive? Even though he, Knox had a bad season, and I I just want to I just love 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 to remind people about this. He's the one player that actually handled Zion Williamson pretty damn well compared to others I saw take Zion on. You know, and I'm pretty like like you mentioned, he he outplayed Zion in that game, like you know. So, um, I know what I I, I know what type of, of of play he can be. Um, as I said, it, I I don't want him traded. I just want his confidence built back up. Um, trust put in him. Um, play him in the same line with RJ because I think they work well. They'll work well together. Um, because I don't want to see him traded. I don't know. He gets traded to the Rockets or something like that, and then he just takes off. Oh my god! I'm be, I'm gonna be tired, man. I'm not worried. I will be living with the organization. Yeah. Man. See, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really worried. I'm, and I'm not really worried like trading DSJ because I, I, I don't. I don't have that worry of him going somewhere and instantly. Oh, all of a sudden, he, where where the heck was this? I, I see. I don't have that worry. Whereas Knox, I just I have this feeling that if if we were to trade him, it would come back to bite us in the ass. Yeah, Knox got a lot of potential. You cannot give up on that man. He's twenty years old. You got to stick with Knox, man. Got got to get him a point guard first. Yeah. First season, you gave him a tank commander. Second season, his second season, you gave him a worse tank commander who shoot who, who was passing to Julius Randle twenty nine percent of the time. So it's like, come on, bro, you you, you did him no favors, bro. Yeah, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. Uh, and you know, I'm high on the Tibbs acquisition, right? So we can segue right into this next thing. Um, let's talk about Zach Levine. You know, you know the connection about Zach Levine and Tibbs already. Yeah, um, yeah. Zach Levine praises Tibbs. He swears by Tibbs. It was a report that came out yesterday and it said Zach Levine is not happy about losing. And, you know, I see that report and me and Twitter thread, we going crazy. I'm arguing with everybody. No, I'm not trading Knox. Blah, 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 blah. Let's look at Chicago right now, right? They got Otto Porter. I don't see the need for Knox on their roster. Now, if you tell me the trade is something like Larry Marketing, Zach Levine, And Thaddeus Young for Randall Knox DSJ. I think that's an even, and we'll give up what uh, we'll give up a Dallas pick from twenty twenty three. I think that's an even trade. 
even though I would be upset with giving up knocks. And I'm totally against it. I'm always going to have to be objective as well. I got to look at both sides of the bill. So if I was to do a trade, I think that would be the one trade I would do because not only am I getting a new starting four, but I'm also getting shooting and I'm also getting another ball handler in Zach Levine. Now, if my draft pick is LaMelo Ball and it's somehow some way that, you know, we could get Zach Levine and it's LaMelo, Zach, RJ at the three, and you got Laurie at the four, and you got Mitch at the five. I mean, hey, I, I can't be mad at that lineup, bro. I, I can't. And, and, and on top of that, you see reports about draft picks being sold this season because the cap is going down. So that's a plus for the Knicks because we have cap space, so we could buy extra draft picks. You can... You can you could possibly get a haul of Devin Vassell with the Mellow Ball. That would be a hell of a haul. That's my my dream pickup for this draft. But it it, it it's a lot of things that go to it, it's a lot of things that go into it, man. How, how how you feel about that? Yeah, um, I, I've been like like yourself. I've been uh, keeping an eye on the whole Zach Levine noise. Um, now, just listen to the trade you did, which obviously included included Knox. Um, and obviously that was more so to balance it out. Um, you know, I suppose I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be too mad about that. Um, having to let yeah, Knox. like I, I'd be mad, but I wouldn't be too mad. No, because I mean, you, you're getting. I mean, I know what Laurie Markin can do um, from behind that arc. Um, he needs to get better a bit defensively, but he's a shooter and, and that's what we need. Zach Levine, he, he's a baller, man. Like I watched him pretty much carry that Chicago team um, every single game. He was just, you know, it was like he was think thought he was playing for a playoff spot. Like he was just getting 30 points, 40 points, you know, 20-something odd point game and um, pretty high assist numbers as well. Um, and... To his credit, you know, uh, you know, he's not in the top ten as a defensive, but he does do well to stay in front of his man. Like he's not unknown, like he's not known quality for defence, but he does do an admirable job. I'll, I'll give him that, and he does try and stay in front of his man. Um, so I mean, yeah, he he'd be a good pickup, and I know Laurie Markinen has wanted out of Chicago for a jeez. I've been hearing that noise for about 12 months, um, you know. Uh, so to get both of those, yeah, and bring them, you know, and get rid of Unload Randall, of course, DSJ, of course, and and you have to get rid of, uh, you know, Knox as well, unfortunately. But, yeah, oh, I think that would be a better lineup because then you bring in a four like um, like Markinen and he – well, with where, where – <laughs> Yeah, where where Mitch's game is at the moment, because let let's face it, he everything we get excited about him doing on in training, he hasn't done it in a game. So at the moment, I've got to go. All right, this is where he is game wise. So he needs a four that can shoot from the outside because his game is in the inside. So that would be a perfect match with Mitch for where his game is at the moment. Having Laurie be able to be a stretch four, 
Um, Zach Levine would fit in nicely at shooting guard, which I'm, I'm guessing if you gave up Knox would move and, and have him as shooting guard, you'd, that'd push RJ to small forward, where a lot of people actually think is probably his best. They think that's his position. Yeah. I don't think that. I don't, I think he's a two. I see him as like in between, one of those players in between. Like he, it's good that if you can have someone like, like Jimmy Butler, I've, I've seen him play shooting guard, small forward. And that's where I sort of get the same impression with RJ. Like he can be like Butler in the sense you can play him at the two or you can play him at the three and you're not going to lose anything because he can, he can, you know, play both positions. He can defend both positions. He's got good size. He's got good speed. Um, but, yeah, I, I suppose I think the only reason they're more looking to him out of three at the moment um, is because he plays, obviously, a lot towards the rim and his shot is still being worked on. Um, but once that shot st- starts going down, if, if I mean, if he believes he's a two, um, obviously, yeah, you'd slip him straight back there. But, yeah, bringing Levine – if you got Levine in, that would probably push him to the three, Laurie at the four, Mitch at the five, and then, obviously, whoever whoever be run the point. Um, whether that's uh, another free agent we bring or someone in the draft, which is probably more likely in the draft. Um, but yeah, big good pickup. I mean, I, there was other trade. There was another trade I seen uh, to, to Zach Levine, and I sat back and I thought, "Geez, that's it's not bad, but it, it gets rid of two big picks too." And that trade that I read earlier today was the Knicks get Zach Levine, Chandler Hutchinson, and Daniel Gafford. And the Bulls get Kevin Knox, 2021 first round pick and 2021 no, no, Mavericks no, pick. No, don't even finish that. Don't even, no, 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 no. no. It's too, yeah, you don't want to be giving away picks. That's the problem. No, no, it's not even that. That 21, 20, 2021 pick, that's just, that, that's off limits. That's all, no, no. We don't do no Plus, business with that. The other, th- the other thing I looked at too, I was like, well, why would you want the? Why would that be a good trade? Because Daniel Gafford is about on par with Mitchell. Rock. Like he plays in the paint too. He doesn't shoot from outside. So you'd be getting a centre that's exactly the same as Mitch, pretty much. Like, and don't get me wrong, nothing against Gafford. He blocks box all day long, and he's a good young player. But we've already got a centre like that. So that that's the other thing. And Chandler Hutchinson, I, I actually had high hopes initially when he first came in, and then the poor bugger got injuries in that. So. I don't know if he's going to end up becoming the type of player I thought he may because I sort of looked at him when he was drafted as, oh, okay, that, that he sort of looks sort of like he could be a Scotty Pippen type player. Um, but then, no. then he, yeah, he's gone. As I said, he started bang, boom. He, 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 that's why I got that impression. But after the run of injuries, he sort of, has never come back and shown that same form he, he started with when he first came into the league. Um, so, yeah, I, when, when I seen that, I was like, nah, the only good thing about that trade, Zach Levine. So, <laughs> you know, I, I preferred um, other other trades I've seen mentioned. Like you said, like, I, I love the uh, – just having Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen, right? If, if, if it was just for them two, not, no, no one else, no Thad Young or anything, just for even those two um, – I, I'd do it. I'd, yeah, that's a good trade. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's not, yeah. I, I hate it. I, I hate it because I don't want to give up Knox, but I, I'm I'm getting rid of Randall, Anthony, oh, yeah. 
and I'm getting back Laurie, and I'm getting back Zach Levine. Man, please, please. Yeah. We, we ain't we gotta talk no more, please. Yeah, that's and, just an and, easy. Frank got a definite role. Frank, you gotta play Frank Nilakina now. Yeah, you got to. yeah, exactly. It, so, so, I mean. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I could be wrong in my way of thinking here, but I have this feeling if you played Frank and Zach at the same time because of Frank's defense, right? Uh, that that could end up being a nice little combination because Zach Levine, even at shooting guard, he 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 ran the Bulls team like he pretty much acted like the point guard. You know what I mean? So um, he could help Frankie out in that regard. It's intriguing. It's intriguing. Yeah, and you're not going to lose myself into it right now. And that—that's what I mean. Like even playing them at the same time, you're not going to lose defense because Frank's on there. So if Zach needs backup, I mean, but 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 I, I mean, let me be objective real quick. R.J. Barrett and Zach Levine on the perimeter—they're yes. going to get ate up. Yeah, they—they're they, going to get ate up. Let, let let's be honest. They are so small. Yeah. So. That's another reason why I really wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I've got, to, I've got to admit, Zach, Zach Levine, as I said, he intrigues me because, as I said, he he just shone like a like a bright light there once he got to Chicago. Um, you know, I I I, I, I liked him in Minnesota, but I you know I wasn't getting any sort of feels. Yeah, I did too. Um, I, I wasn't getting any sort of feels for him because the poor bugger was just having such a bad run with injury. So you, you, you weren't getting enough to be able to go, oh, yeah, this is what he's going to be. Once he got to Chicago and he had that good run of health, I was like, thank God. I was like, damn, this kid's, this kid's a star. Like, this is what I've always oh. thought he was going to be. And, yeah, he was – that's why I was like, the kid can dunk, he can shoot threes, like, and he wanted to enter both those competitions. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, I'd be hell excited if 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 we got him and um, Laurie Markinen. That it, it would be exactly what we need. Yeah, man, that is a hell. That that would be a hell of a stars five. I'm not even gonna lie. That that would be a hell of a starting five. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Anything? Else? I think. I think. I think we did covered everything. I mean, yeah, the well, Knicks are looking at a, a a new assistant. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Um. We, we now it's all about the assistants, and and I've seen talk of um of definitely they they probably will probably keep Mike Miller as an assistant on on. Uh, Tib staff, and the other name I keep being mentioned uh, that probably likely will get on Tib staff is Mike Woodson, who was one of them in line for the head coaching job. And I actually think if Woodson comes on to Tib staff, that's that's a, another good thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and I heard about another guy who is likely to be a candidate on the next staff, and. He's an assistant coach at the University of Kentucky. And hold on. I will have to look for his name. I'm about to look for his name right now. But basically, this guy is a big man coach. And he he was a part of the staff that coached Kevin Knox 
I was, just, I was just about to say that. Now, how good of a hire would that be, especially to unlock Knox's potential because he knows Knox. He's worked with Knox. Yeah, it, it, it it's, it's beautiful, man. I have this I mean, feeling if he comes in, he'd, he'd come up to Kevin Knox and say something like, hey, Coach Cow told me to light a fire under your ass. <laughs> Kenny Payne. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Payne. That's his name. Kenny That's Payne the one. is being considered for the Knicks. Yes, yes, yeah. Kenny Payne. And they talk about his connections with Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, who becomes free agents in the near future. But he's coached Kevin Knox. So, yeah. I mean, that's a good thing. CAA, the mob, taking over the Knicks, I see, day by day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and so far, Leon hasn't made a wrong choice. It's been all the right choices. I'm really glad that he did take his time. Like, regardless if even if for the last three weeks he's known that he was going to choose Tibbs, I was still glad he went through the process and he took his time because it showed that, hey, the Knicks have finally got a guy here that, that's got the patience, that's willing to do – the homework and make sure he gets this right. And it, it's it's good when it comes out like that way in the press. And I think that's how he's looked at it too, because, you know, good, good press is even better for the Knicks, you know, after so many tumultuous seasons of copying nothing but bad press. So he, he's doing all the right things. Um, and yeah, he, he's uh, even, even worldwide ways um, with his connections. Um, I'm glad he was being brought on. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that uh, Perry's still around for continuity and we know that Perry can draft well. If that's where – if that that's he, if that, there's a strong point with Scott Perry and his strongest point, uh, as far as I've always said, is, has been drafting. Um, so I think Leon keeping him on, just even specifically for the draft, when it comes to drafts, I think that was good. Uh, because the man, as I said, the man knows drafts and he can sniff out talent. Um, Ninja P. <laughs> so, mm. you know, so, yeah. Um, what, what, I'd, what I'd like to see now is once they get their team in place of which point guard, because there's been a few names floated <laughs> around and you think, just when you think that they may have narrowed it down to one person, then you hear another person, of which point guard they're going to pick in this draft. Um you know, because the, the the two names I keep hearing from predominantly lately, um, obviously still Lamelo Ball. At one stage, there there was Edwards alongside of him, but no, that's not the name I keep hearing. It's Halliburton I keep hearing alongside him, um, and people are split, which um, is really weird. I, see, I don't quick, have a quick note. Quick note: I don't want nothing to do with Tyrese Halliburton. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say. See, me personally, I I don't. Um, I'm not like what I've been seeing. I've seen a lot of Knicks fans, uh, just a lot of basketball fans in general, split when it comes to this. And a lot of people say, oh, you know, I've heard that they say they reckon Halliburton's the best point guard in the whole draft. Uh, then others are saying, oh, it, it's it's Lamello. Um, they're the two names that keep going back and forth, back and forth. Um, but I still only uh, – uh, I know it's going to sound biased on my behalf, but it's only because I got to witness him live. I'd still go and lean with Lamelo because um, even if Halliburton's a better player right now, um, I would say that Lamelo has the more potential and the higher ceiling um, just because of what I witnessed out here. Um, so, 
Um, and, and I see, I don't know with Halliburton, but with Lamelo, I know he's going to be able to handle the lights and the pressures in New York. So that's another thing that goes in his favour for me. Um, you what you don't want to to bring in one some one of them and and they buckle under the pressure. We've already seen that happen. And Randall was the last one. He buckled under pressure. He didn't. Oh my God. So. Yeah, Lamelo would be the perfect choice, um, and I've been saying the whole time his father's directing. His, his father's directing it there because uh, he wants to be a Nick. He wants to play in New York. Um, like, like what was what's Lamelo's? Where uh, that's what we want. I'm going to make it happen. You know, in his own words. So I'll, I'll wish it into fruition. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I think he's going to be the right choice, and I think his game will. Uh, compliment RJ's. Um, it'd complement someone like a Zach Levine, uh, just because of his passing ability, um, which I think's one of his strongest suits. Lamelo's stronger suits is his passing. Um, I've said it the whole time. I, I believe he's a better passer than his brother, than Lonzo. Um, he's, he's, he could he could be the better player altogether out of all three ball brothers. Uh, so. I'm kind of still hoping that's that's who they got their eye on, and that's the number one pick um, to go with. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who we grab um, and where we're going to be picking. I'm I'm hoping we pick top three, man. I I don't want no top six pick. No, I'm gonna be mad, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I'm gonna be so devastated. Man. Oh my goodness! I mean, we we deserve uh, it. We we definitely deserve that our top three pick. Um, obviously we gotta gotta wait to see how the balls fall. I guess so. The balls. We gotta worry about the Detroit Pistons. That's who I'm really worried about. I I, I don't really care about nobody else. I just know the Pistons need a point guard, and they will if they get a pick before us they're definitely taking Lamelo so i will definitely settle on killing hayes and have a nice day and that's just me um i'm not really a big killing hayes fan but i will take killing hayes with a smile and i will shut my mouth and i will have a nice day i, w- I was wondering um, though if if we missed out on lamelo would you want to go and pick a point guard that rj's played with in tr- in tray yeah, because my pick immediately after that would be Anthony Edwards. And for me personally, and this is to all Nick fans, I want y'all to get this through your heads. Tibbs is a madman. And when I say Tibbs is a madman, don't let it go by your brains that Tibbs will be the type to bypass LaMelo, pick Anthony Edwards, and tell the public, I'm going to play Anthony Edwards at point guard and tell everybody to shut the hell up. So, just don't be surprised, everybody. I, for me personally, Burrow, I don't think LaMelo is a Tibbs guy. I think Anthony Edwards is a Tibbs guy, Devin Vassell, you know, those type of guys, 3 and D wings. Um, it, I, I don't – I'm torn. I, I would take LaMelo, but – just a fair warning to Nick Nation, if he takes Anthony Edwards over LaMelo, you know where you heard it from first. So <laughs> Yeah. And Edwards Edwards I, I mean, a good pick. I, I don't know. Um he's very, very hard player. Uh I I'm just curious 
Would would he keep him where he plays currently at shooting guard, or would he try to try to turn him into a point guard? For me, what I would do is, oh, I would just put, I would play him in the backcourt. I would play him in the backcourt with RJ. And I would say my offense is going through those two and everybody else going to have to play off of those two. Yeah. And I mean, mind you, mind in you. that scenario, I'm trading Randy. Yeah. I'm getting Randy off uh, my roster. Mind you, I suppose, like, in another sense, like, I, I suppose if we go back to that, the Levine trade, if it, if it was to go down, you could always stick Zach Levine at the one. Because, like I said, he pretty much ran the Bulls offense until Kobe White would come off the bench. So... And he's, he's small enough for a one too. So if you had to and you picked Edwards, you, you could have Zach Levine run the point if, if that was if that was feasible. I mean, hey man, it's a new NBA, man. I'm not opposed to anything. I don't I know Tibbs is a madman and I know for a fact he would play Anthony Edwards at point guard. Yeah. I just don't know if anybody else is gonna do that. I, I that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I have this feeling if he, if he, if he's not like under Tibbs and he gets picked elsewhere, um, which is always still a possibility, they'll probably just still see him as a shooting guard and playing as a two as well. Uh, but yeah, I could see a coach like Tibbs, you know, uh, trying different things. We've seen it in the past, so yeah, nothing would shock me. <laughs> nothing would shock me with Tibbs. All, all, all I know is it, it, it is the right hire. He's a good hire. And, um, yeah, just Nick's Nation's Nick's Nation just got to give him that chance because, as I said, he's been here before, uh, quite a while ago, but he's been here before. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've got no doubts in my mind that he's going to do fine in New York. Um, and especially because, you know, he's got a good relationship with Leon. So they're already on the same page straight off the bat. So that that's beautiful. Um, we haven't even seen that in a long time where our coach and our front office have been on the same page, let alone in the same book. Uh, you know, so it, it's really good to see that and uh, to see uh, stability being created, which we've lacked yeah. for a long, long time. And all, all that's going to do is improve our image um, and, and make us a... Uh, a free agent destination once again um, because I think over the years that's really all that was stopping us from getting the free agents um, was our instability in our front office and the, the constant changing of the coaches and not having the right coach there, um, you know. So I'm kind of hoping that that Tibbs is going to be that man. Um, what the last – I'd say the last really good coach we had was Van Gundy, who, who, who he happened to learn from. So – um, that's another bonus too. So, yeah, um, Ben Gundy's even given Jeff Van Gundy's given given Tibbs the, the seal of approval too. Uh, he, he thinks he's gonna he's gonna shine in New York. So, I'll, I'll take Van Gundy's word on it. Um, you know, he's known him long enough, and Van Gundy knows New York. And if, if Van Gundy believes Tibbs is Tibbs is gonna handle it sweet and and probably have a, a a much better time than he may have had in both Chicago and Minnesota, then I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm all in on Tibbs. I, I I've been saying it for weeks, man. Yeah, Tibbs been my coach for weeks now, man. He's been my coach since last month, man. I've been telling people that for weeks, man. But 
I guess we got into everything, man. I mean, you know, any any last words for the people, man, before we get out of here, brother? Yeah. Uh, be excited, folks. Fans everywhere of the New York Knicks, just get excited. We're, we're finally on the right path. Uh, we've, we've finally got the right people in the front office, which has now led to, to probably our best coach hiring in, in such a long time. It's just nothing but positives, 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 positives at the moment. Um, you know, even in this pandemic, that, that it's all good news for us, all good press for us at the moment. It's a change to what we're all used to. Um, but um, I, I like to think that if the, that he got the right roster in place uh, come the start of next season, uh, the other change we're going to see is we're not going to have that constant losing. We're going to start seeing some WWWs. <laughs> so... Yes, finally. Oh yeah. My God, yes. Because Tibbs is not going to. And I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll, the, the one final thing I'll say is I'm going to go out on a limb here. And this is obviously pertaining to injury and having the right roster and, and everything put together. Do not be surprised if Tibbs, in his very first season, takes us to the playoffs. I, I'm not. I, I wouldn't. I already. Oh my God! Because I, I forget. I already said. I already said seventh seed. Yeah, because someone. Seventh seed. I just forget. Uh, as soon as I say this, maybe you may have picked up and might remember who said it. But someone I was reading said, purely just hiring Tibbs has got the has got the eighth and seventh spot. Apparently, that that's given. That's going to get us to the eighth and seventh. Just purely hiring Tibbs. <laughs> so, so, so I was like, well, cool. Tibbs is going to get out there and shoot some hoops, is he? No, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree with that statement because, um, like I mentioned earlier, he's a, he's he, he knows how to win. He knows what it takes to get to the playoffs. He's been there many times before. He's one of only twelve coaches to 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 have the type of winning success um, with three hundred and fifty plus wins. Um, you know, so. He's the coach we needed, and um, yeah, he he's going to bring the he's going to bring the bring the heat, and these boys are going to be ready, and we're going to see a, a new direction. We're going to see a new team. Yeah, I'm extremely happy. I'm extremely positive about this hire. Um, yeah, man, I I ain't got nothing else to say, man. I I, I just I'm glad I spoke to you finally about this hire. Nick Nation, I'm glad y'all tuned into this episode. My guy, Mr. Mitchell, that was in the building, out of the building. Slizzy, I'm out of here. State of the New York Knicks podcast. We out of here. Episode 101 for everybody. Peace. Peace.